All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A wonderful Wednesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Presented by Play Alberta. .ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where, guess what? It's your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sports betting. Sign up today at playalberta.ca. And pretty excited. We've got a new camera in studio. If you're watching the show, Orders Nation uh, YouTube, it's better. It's a better angle. I like it. It'll be... Uh, It'll be fantastic. So look forward to that. Of course, we have uh, all of our uh, studio sponsors, the Ewell Studio. Big thanks to uh, Ewell. By the way, next Thursday, they're having their uh, grand opening at their brand new location. And man, that place is awesome. Guess what? From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., they will have a massive giveaways, free lunch. They're going to have food trucks there, scavenger hunt prizes, uh, some stuff for hockey fans. So for any of their clients, vendors, or hey, any of you Sports 1440 listeners want to stop in, 186th Street and 116th Avenue. Who doesn't like a free lunch? Check it out. And trust me, if you need anything electrical, they'll have it all. E-W-E-L dot C-A. It is the Oilers' 44th NHL season that begins tonight when they take on the Vancouver Canucks, the fifth straight season. The Edmonton Oilers are opening up. Against the Canucks, few changes in the uh, the lineup from last year to this year, at least from opening day. But from the end of the season, not a lot of changes from the orders last year to this year. Jack Campbell is going to uh, get the start tonight for the uh, Edmonton Orders. I look at this. This is going to be. An ongoing competition, which is what they need. All right, Stuart Skinner played very well last year. Jack Campbell had stretches where he was good. Other times, not so good. He's been excellent in the preseason this year. It's a new year. What you did last year means absolutely nothing once the season starts. But coaches, you know what? Hey, you like to uh, give guys the opportunity. So uh, Jack Campbell will be on the road tonight. And uh, I would expect Stuart Skinner to uh, to get the start at home on Saturday, the order's uh, going to go eleven and six or eleven and seven tonight. That's going to be the uh, the lineup for the Edmonton Orders. Of course, Brown with Kane and McDavid. You will have Drysaddle with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. Then you'll have uh, for the first time 
we will see this season. You will have McLeod in the lineup alongside Dylan Holloway, Warren Fogle. On the left side of the fourth line, Yanmark and Ryan, although we could see Yanmark take some shifts at center. We can see Yanmark take some shifts at left wing. I think they're going to rotate around different guys. And it's not always going to be McDavid. Because we get a lot of text people saying, oh, 11 and 7 is terrible. That means they overuse McDavid. Here's a fun little fact for you. The Edmonton Oilers played 11 and 7 34 times last year. Almost half the season. Connor McDavid averaged 22 minutes a game. In the previous four seasons, McDavid averaged 22 minutes, 22 minutes, 21, 52, and 22 minutes. And change, right? Now, he was up slightly. I'm talking like 15 seconds a game last year. I don't think that is uh, impacting Connor McDavid at all. With 11 and 7, it just means your other forwards are getting a few extra minutes. Not so much the guys at the top end. So, there you go. The uh, Vancouver Canucks, they've got a boatload of changes. Boat load of changes from uh you know this time last year if you look at and, and really even from at the end of the season sam lafferty's in uh, teddy bluger game time decision is a little banged up but he'll probably go their back end whew, ian cole yulson ronick also uh Hirose's in demko healthy that will be a huge boost for the uh, vancouver canucks but the regular season begins today and Coming up, we're going to have some open line time. You can text us 833-401-1440, which is the exact same phone number. And we're going to have some open line time because I'm curious now. Fans, it's season opener. You're pretty excited, as you should be, because with a new season comes new opportunities. What happened last year is, again, is in the past. The Vegas Golden Knights, they had their banner raising. Now they move on. They played very well in game one after the first 10 minutes. And now we'll see. Can they repeat? Pretty darn hard. Pretty hard to repeat. We all know it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they do in Vegas, the Edmonton orders. And here's the thing, because we already got some texts coming in uh, already in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Hey, Gregor, I have to say I might be the least excited ever for a regular season. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the playoffs from Fred. Fred, I am going to strongly disagree with you. And here's why. The regular season matters because home ice advantage matters. The Edmonton Oilers last year started the season 10 and 10. They were tied for 21st in the NHL after the first 20 games, basically a quarter of the season. Vegas had 31 points in their first 20 games. They were 11 points ahead of the Oilers. Now, Edmonton made up nine points over the final 62 games. And that's with them playing lights out down the stretch in the final 20 games. The problem was Vegas also played lights out down the stretch. Imagine if Edmonton had won two games earlier in the season. Instead of being 10 and 10, let's say, actually, not not even two. Let's just say they go 11, 8, and 1. Not, Not a crazy higher number. Three more points in 20 games. Then they get home ice advantage. And I don't know how the series would have played out, but don't you think it would have been different if they were tied at two and game fives on home ice? So I will I will disagree with anyone who suggests that the regular season does not matter. You can't win a Stanley Cup in the regular season. I wholeheartedly agree. But you can lose one because if you don't get in, you have no chance. And if you fumble your way through the regular season and don't have home ice, it makes it harder. Doesn't guarantee you win because you have home ice, but it makes it harder if you don't. Vegas, Colorado. Now, one of Tampa Bay's victories was in the bubble, so that one doesn't really count. There was really no home ice advantage there. But for the most part, it's rare to have... You know, the, now we've seen those Cinderella teams get all the way to the Stanley Cup final and then lose. Right? Order fans know a little bit about that. So get your thoughts on it. Hey, Greg's, we totally disagree on Nurse, but your show's gold from uh, BB. Well, hey, man, we're uh, we're allowed to uh, disagree on things. That's fine. Um, I will. Uh, I will say this. I, I, I've seen a lot of people that say, hey, I think Ekholm's more valuable than Nurse. I would 
I would caution that take. Look at the overall minutes played. And then Nurse's speed is an element that Ekholm just does not have. And in the playoffs, when the games are quicker, I think it matters. They need both. You need lots of good players to win. But watch how this season unfolds. I won't be shocked if Darnell Nurse plays more minutes, plays more top opposition minutes, and Echo scores more points than Echo. Won't be surprised at all to see it. Hey, Greg's, wouldn't that 15 second increase for McDavid be more attributable to the increase in power plays from Chad? Um, but hey, Chad, very possible. I would have to go back and look and see uh, how much power play time because the order scored on a lot of their power plays, remember, last season. So I'd have to look at what his time on ice was uh, in 2022 and then uh, 2023 for McDavid to see if, as you said, it was power play driven. It might be, but my point is, like, keep in mind, there was another year where McDavid played more minutes. When they had 12 forwards every night than when they had 11 and 7, right? So all I'm saying is I don't, I don't think it's, um, it's a lock that because, you know, McDavid's playing 11 forwards that he's playing significantly more minutes. So um, Connor McDavid last year, good guess, 13 seconds more per game on the power play. So he actually had 19 seconds more per game, 13 of it was on the power play. Actually, you know where most of his extra minutes came? Not from five on five. He had actually a full minute extra per game average on the penalty kill last year than he had the previous year. He also scored four shorthanded goals. So, will we see that? So, here's to my question today, and uh, we are going to have some open line time. We're going to have, uh, obviously, lots of texts coming in as well. Uh, you can get involved at uh, Orders Nation YouTube in the chat. We will uh, we'll read your comments there as well. But lots of questions that we're going to ask our guests today, but we're also going to ask the listeners because, hey, it's the start of the season, baby. Why not? Should be fun. Let's see. um, And, hey, let's keep the subscribers up. They keep growing every day. We love it. So uh, continue to hit that subscribe button. Orders Nation YouTube, we uh, we really appreciate it. Today on the show, we will hear from Pete Jansen. We're going to talk all things NHL. Uh, Tyler Uremchuk will join us from uh, Orders Nation and Daily Faceoff. Uh, Brennan Batchelor will be by to preview the Canucks, who's sick. How much pressure is there? And why is Elias Pettersson and the Canucks not sign an extension yet? Uh, Mike Rupp will join us at 4 o'clock. We'll also have Speck from Vancouver. Speck's uh, collecting audio for us today, which is great to send in to us. So we'll get some uh, orders audio from uh, Jay Woodcroft and uh, and others. Uh, also today, and this, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I think it's a good decision. I, I would argue it's probably overdue, but the Edmonton Elks announced that next season they will close the upper deck except for select games. Usually the the rematch game between the uh, Elks and the Stampeders on Labor Day. There's the odd Saskatchewan game that you might need a little bit more. But overall, I think it's a wise decision. Cons, what do you make of it? I think it's great. I mean, I do feel for the people that have been the upper deck people for, you know, the entirety of their season tickets. I used to sit up there all the time, upper section Y. But I think, you know, to create more of an atmosphere, you want that, right? You want to have that home field advantage. So I, I think you do that for a couple of years. Make it more of a, a demand to get in there. Got to buy your tickets early if you want to get out to that game. And then, like you said, for special events, yeah, of course you open it up for the Labor Day rematch when the Riders come to town. You know the attendance is going to jump up. But this is something that I've you know talked to people inside the organization, and they've they've wanted this. They think this is a a great way to to try to get that fan base back up, uh, make it more of an event. You get in there, and it's crazy. That's what sold me on the CFL in the first place, Gregor. The first game uh, I went to when I was, uh, you know, not a little kid was that Labor Day rematch when it was like 60,000 people there. It was such a fun game because of the atmosphere. I had season tickets the next year. So uh, this this one is one that I think is going to work out. We've seen it in other sports. We've seen the BC Lions do it in BC Place. So I think, uh, you know, some people aren't going to like it, like everything. But long term, I think it's a good move. You have the option. Look at the BC Lions. The BC Lions are very successful now. They open up the uh, upper bowl 
in games where they sell out in the bottom bowl. And, and, and I mean an actual sellout. Not claiming it's a sellout by giving away tickets. That's not it's a sellout. Now, if you want to say you have 30,000 fans there, great, but it's not a sellout if you're giving away tickets. Because a sellout means sold tickets. So the uh, Elks, I, I think this is a very good decision by them. And I think it'll create a better atmosphere. I do understand that change is hard. So for those who have sat in the upper deck, you're not going to like it. And I totally get And you know what? You'll probably lose some fans because we're creatures of habit. And some people have been sitting in the first row of the upper deck for I don't know how many years. So that's going to be a challenge. And I think the Elks, if they're smart, will have talked to those people first and said, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is why we're thinking it. This is why we're going to implement it. And how can we help you find a seat that's going to give you the closest feel of that? Obviously, I would think it would be in some of the final rows in the bottom deck. But I don't know how many of those are available. But for season ticket, and the season ticket base has dwindled, Connor, the last few years. There's no debate on that. So we'll see how it pans out for for the green and gold. But I think this is a good decision long term. You want to build at, because what you have to do in sports nowadays is you cannot rely solely on a winning team and think that's the reason they're going to come. Did the order sell out every game last year? They have the best player in the world. They arguably have the second best player in the world. They didn't sell out every game. Why? Because the game is one element of entertainment now. You've got to make it an experience. You have to do other things. The one thing the Stingers did very well was they made it about more than just the game. They made a good atmosphere. Now, they might have fudged some numbers on sellouts, which isn't great, but overall the experience, they made it about more than just the game. And I think if the green and gold want to be successful moving forward, that's what they have to do. You have to focus on more than just football because guess what? For years, the Elks have been good and there's and their tickets still dwindled. Right? It's got to be more than the same old, same old stuff. Right now, hey, they've done a great job. You allow the kids to run on the field. That's after the game. Very smart decision. But there's other things. Okay, what about teenagers? What about young adults? What are you doing to get them engaged? I know last year, I think it was their last game of the season, cons, maybe second last game, you know, they brought back kind of the college corner. And I'm like, why the hell would that have ever left? Like, you always have college students, okay? Make it enticing for them to come. Simple. Right? Do something for them. Do something for the kids. Because let's be honest, now some college kids might want to run on the field after the game, but usually that's for younger kids and their parents. Totally fine. Not everything has to be for everyone. But you have to understand that you're going to have different audience and different things. And so you're, uh, if you want to get more people at that age, you know, 18 to 30 range, which I think is vital for the long-term sustainability of your organization, you have to do things that appeal to them. Now, not everything appeals to everyone, but you have to do things specific that will appeal to them. Hey, boys, I think closing the upper bowl is long overdue. Hopefully the on-field product continues to get better. Well, yeah, Trey Ford, trust me, that guy, price of admission. People are like, yeah, I'll pay. I want to watch him. It's very good. So it's, um, I think it's a smart decision by the uh, organization, and I think it'll actually make for better in-game experience for the fans because everybody's going to be a little bit tighter. You're not all spread out. Like, it was funny. I went to the last game. My son's like, Dad, why is somebody sitting in the, in the last row? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. Like, you're so far away from the game, and there's no one else around you. Now, maybe you're like the ultimate introvert, and you like having your own peace and quiet up there. Okay. But I always found it a, a tad odd. So, we'll see. Hey, guys, if Campbell continues a strong play, I'd say it's his net and tell schedule or a bad outing dictates it going with Skinner. With Campbell being a streaky goalie and with him being a Vesna quality hot when he's going, I'd ride that as long as possible from Victor. Well, Victor, you might be onto something, but I'm also not starting the season by having Stuart Skinner sit out two weeks. I'm not doing it. I, I, now's not the time to do it, right? The, the orders do have a very favorable schedule as far as games played in the month of October. So, um, you know, there, there's no back-to-backs in October. So that's not anything they have to uh, to worry about. They actually, uh, you look at their schedule, they're, they play tonight, then they have two days off, which is why I think, you know what, I won't be surprised if McDavid's playing 23 minutes tonight. Right? Then they play, so they, ha- they play tonight, two days off. They play Saturday, two days off. Then they're on the road. Nashville, Philly, 
for two games, back home, Winnipeg, then two more days off, home against Minnesota, two day, a day off, home against the Rangers, two more days off. So think about it. The orders have two days off once this week, once the next, twice the following week. And again at the end because they play the Flames on the 29th and then they don't play again until into November on the 2nd. They actually have three days off. I would argue it's probably too much, to be honest. Two, 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 three, a little bit too much. If they're playing well, they want to get rolling, but they definitely won't be fatigued. So I think the TOI for your top guys might be up even higher here a little bit early on in the season. Welcome back as we are a few hours away from the Oilers' season opener, the 44th in franchise history as they take on the Vancouver Canucks for the fifth consecutive time. How about this? So this is the 44th year the Oilers have uh, played in the NHL. In their first 43 years, they started at home 33 times. They've only started on the road 10 times in franchise history. And the record might be why. They're 3-6-1. and one. Uh, Overall, they're very good in season openers, just not when they're on the road. So the last time they won on the road was in the lockout shortened season, 2013, January 20th, when they defeated the Vancouver Canucks. 3-2 in a shootout. So uh, they're hoping that uh, they can continue that. Uh, They lost in St. Louis when McDavid was a rookie. And then they lost against New Jersey in 2018. Technically, that game was in Sweden, but it was still a road game. So there you go. So McDavid, one thing he's never done in his career is win the first game of the season when it's on the road. So would you bet against him the third time? I probably wouldn't. So there you go. Let's get to the uh, fantasy report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated, proud partner, uh, proud to be partnered with the MyShack group of companies. And they are hiring right now. Lots of great opportunities. Check it out at nextgentransportation.com as uh, Pete Jensen joins us now to talk a little uh, NHL and some uh, fantasy from NHL Fantasy and NHL uh, Network. Uh, Pete, how you doing, my man? Doing great, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, really excited about the slate of games tonight. Uh, we got off to a great start, of course, yesterday with the Bedard game and everything. But we're at the pinnacle of fantasy coverage on NHL.com right now. So excited to get to the Oilers and anywhere across the league that your heart desires, man. All right. So now let's let's look at fantasy. You play a lot of it, Pete. And because we've had a lot of text people wondering, like, if you want to get in, are there certain categories you find that are better to have in fan? Like for me, like fantasy football, I don't like standard. I like PPR. Right, if some people want to play half, I'll I'll live with it, no problem. But I don't like just standard. I think it's too boring. So, are there are there some league rules you think you should implement for sure to make it a more enjoyable experience? I like the hits and blocks leagues, the bangers leagues, people call them. Uh, I like playing leagues without plus minus because sometimes it's not a perfect indicator, as oh, we yeah. all know, of uh, different five on five metrics and things like that. So. I would probably the standard leagues have plus minus and not block shots, but I like kind of, you know, some of those players, whether it's a forward or a defenseman that are physical, that lay the body on the line type of thing. You reward that with uh, hits and blocks, of course. But I also like valuing power play points like standard leagues do and shots on goal, which is a standard category and also an indicator, a big one of uh, how many goals are to come or whether guys do. So that's what I would probably say. I like the standard format. Head-to-head makes things interesting. Reward the regular season champion. I'm a big proponent of that, whether it's football or hockey. Reward the guy that's at the top at the end of the regular season and then have the other half of the prize uh, if you're putting money out there to reward the postseason champion, which, like the NHL playoffs, is very unpredictable, right? Yeah. The top seed always bows out more times than not, right? It does happen. There's no question about it. There's lots of uh, upsets, which make it uh, super exciting. Pete Jensen uh, joins us. Pete, it's kind of a no-brainer. Hey, Connor McDavid's going to do well this year. Leon Dreisaitl is going to do well. Um, there's always a few surprises. I don't know anybody that had Ryan Nugent Hopkins jumping from 69 points to 104 last season, right? It's one of the biggest jumps you've ever seen. Uh, and I, I think he's one of the oldest players to he's one of I think it was only eight players to have their first 100 point season after uh, his at his age so that's pretty rare do you see anybody who's a good player as being a good player 
who you think is set for a Nugent Hopkins like breakout? <laughs> well, I, I would I would not put the ceiling of Evan Bouchard uh, any lower than a hundred points if we're going to say that, right? He's on the same power play unit. One of my bold predictions was that he could lead all defensemen in points this season because unlike last year where we tabbed him as a breakout candidate, but it was Tyson Barry's power play one for three quarters of the season, he's up there probably to stay from opening night tonight until the end of the season, which is a, a good thing for everybody involved. And last year's postseason was a great indicator of that. Another postseason standout that I really like to take another step forward is Rupe Hintz from the Dallas Stars has that attachment to Jason Robertson, who is a 100-point player. Joe Pavelski, the ageless one, he's unbelievable in front of the net. Uh, that's the best line trio in the NHL over the past three seasons combined. And I think that he has that next gear that he did reach in the postseason. He just hasn't carried it over to an entire season to put up 100. And then I also really think that for guys like Jack Hughes and Tage Thompson, like, this is only the beginning, or at least it could be. I could see each of those guys, you know, taking another 20-point step. Tage maybe contending for the Rocket Richard for most goals as a sleeper in that category. Uh, Jack Hughes, maybe, you know, maybe he could sniff guys like uh, Drysaddle or Kucherov who have been, you know, high in the 120s. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I know I just gave you a couple of big names, but I still think that there is another gear for each of them to reach uh, as early as this season. Pete, when you look at goaltending, have you figured out at all how to account for the uncertainty of the position when it comes to fantasy? <laughs> well, it's really tough, right? Like Stuart Skinner is a great example. He was a you know a nine fourteen save percentage with a nice volume last season, and all of a sudden, like it seems like Jack Campbell, who was pretty bad last year, is like breathing down his neck for starts. So. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, I've been valuing those kind of upper echelon workhorse goalies, the guys where, you know, not so much the Bostons where Allmark won the Vezina last year, but maybe Swayman could be like a top five goalie this year. Anytime you have a tandem, things get a little complicated. So the Shesterkins, the Sorokins, the guy I like to lead the league in wins in our projections is Jake Ottinger mm -hmm. from those Dallas Stars. And even when you go a little further down, like you know that Thatcher Demko – uh, is going to shoulder a heavy workload if he stays healthy. If the Canucks make the playoffs, he could be a Vezina contender. It's like the quality-quantity debate, but the quantity is more important, especially if you're dealing with a playoff team. So I kind of like – and even Hellebuck, right? Like we were worried he was maybe going to get traded. Now he re-signed with the Jets. He's a top-five goalie in my book uh, for the rest of the season now that you know he's going to be sticking – in Winnipeg. That was good news for the Jets. For I sure. like that you mentioned Ottinger because he was my Vesna pick uh, this year at the Daily Faceoff. Nice. So uh, I like that. Pete Jensen uh, joins us. Connor Bedard, Pete, when you look at it, what was a, what did you have as a realistic point total for him this year? I'll give you an exact number. We projected him for 78 points. Uh, Seriously? Under a point per game. Yeah, 78. Okay, and I think I he's going to get... I didn't do any detail like you, but mine was 79. <laughs> I saw a lot of people okay, going nice. 180, but I'm like, man, it is hard to score points in the NHL. But hey, I mean, we have a lot of great minds on our podcast, NHL Fantasy on Ice, and almost all of them were saying under 78. So... I mean, he got a point by accident last night, right, as did Seth Jones. I think there are going to be a lot of garbage points this season on Chicago. You know, even like we were talking about Vancouver, think about the games they were playing, blowing leads, losing 7-6, 5-4. Same thing with the Sharks last year. Eric Carlson had 100-plus points as a defenseman for one of the worst teams in the league. It can be done. Like, he can score a point per game on an offense like that, that I think will exceed expectations. We even saw it yesterday. Some of the depth guys were getting going. Ryan Donato seems to be attached at the hip so far in the preseason and on opening night to Bedard and Taylor Hall. So like, I feel like the Chicago offense is going to be sneaky all year and driving the ship is going to be Connor Bedard. So I would fully expect him to score 65, 70. And then I think he's totally capable of a point per game when it's all said and done. What about the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, decimated by injuries last year. Obviously had the uh, the Babcock debacle. 
um, this off season that that might spur that might unify them now is because they got rid of him. But you know Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Line. You know we wonder about Patrick Line. Is he going to play center for a little bit this season or not? Well, if they're healthy, and that's obviously a big if. What's your expectations for Goudreau and Line point wise? I mean, Goudreau's capable of better than a point per game. He was pretty good last year, even though the wheels fell off that team, of course, and so many injuries with Line. Line was actually close to a point per game as well, uh, but missed a chunk of time. And Wierenski missed almost the whole season. And they add Adam Fantilli. They add some nice pieces on defense with Severson, right? And, uh, you know, some of the obviously uh, Wierenski coming back healthy is a huge lift for that defense. And they added Provorov as well. And they have some good young talent with Marchenko and Kent Johnson. They got that Michigan connection going. I feel like nobody's really talking about the Blue Jackets. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they could certainly improve by 7 to 10 wins this season and put themselves back into at least contention and excitement despite all the uh, turbulence they've dealt with this offseason. Pete Jensen uh, joins us uh, talking all things uh, fantasy in the NHL. Of course, it began last night and uh, more games tonight, including the orders taken on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you mentioned Evan Bouchard earlier. What about Eric Carlson in Pittsburgh? What uh, what kind of numbers you come up with him there? Like, it's hard to have 100 points. Like, he had the third highest you know, point total by a defenseman in history outside of, I mean, like after Bork and Coffee, of course. What uh, What do you make of him and the Pittsburgh Penguins? Yeah, I think that they're a better team, a fringe playoff team. Uh, could they get in maybe over an Islanders or the Rangers or the Florida Panthers? Absolutely. I would, I'm picking them to get in, uh, despite that tough loss yesterday. Felt like they looked pretty good for most of that game and then let it slip away a little bit. But if their stars are healthy, like they were last year, you know, they didn't really get great goaltending last year. They still only missed it by one point, Pittsburgh. So, you know, with Carlson, I feel like his individual fantasy point ceiling is lower because it's going to be more quality versus quantity. It's going to be a lot of power play points on PP1 with Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and Chris Letang. That's the big one, right? Two defensemen set. It's always a little weird with that if it doesn't work perfectly like it was with Burns and Carlson in San Jose years ago. So, yeah, I would like temper my expectations a little bit. I, I don't expect him to score 100 points again this year. Maybe he get, takes a 15, 20-point drop and is still a point-per-game player, though. That wouldn't be half bad, right? Huh. Uh, no, not at all. I, I still think uh, Eric Carlson is easily capable of 75 to 80 points, which is which is yeah. a ridiculous number, uh, no question. Um, do you have a bounce-back player? I mean, Seth Jones is one of them that I mentioned earlier and Taylor Hall. Those are uh, two guys that I really like. Uh, again, with Chicago, like everybody's flocking to Bedard, but nobody's really thinking about the ripple effect. Uh, at least a lot of people in drafts, those guys are going a lot lower than I thought in fantasy drafts based on average draft position. And then, you know, obviously Jonathan Huberto, I need to see where he's going to be playing uh, hopefully in better uh, utilization than he had last season in his first year with the Flames under Daryl Sutter with the new coach Ryan Huska. It's going to be interesting. You already see Coronado getting a nice look here. I like him as a pickup in season-long leagues and, you know, in the props market for the season opener for the Flames tonight. So, you know, keep an eye on Huberto and Hall and Seth Jones for sure. And then, I know it's a three-headed monster in Ottawa with those three defensemen. I really like the long-term appeal of Sanderson and Thomas Shabbat's usually pretty solid when healthy. But one thing that a lot of people forget about Ottawa is they're going to have a full season of Jacob Chikrin. And if that guy stays remotely healthy, he's a threat as a defenseman to score 15 to 20 goals in his sleep. He's done it before. He did it with the Coyotes years ago. What about Tyler Sagan? Think he's capable of a bounce-back season? You know, 50 points for him. Uh, considering you know how many points were around him, do you think he's capable of it, or is he just ever since his surgery is just not the same? Ben and Sagan were actually pretty decent fantasy wise at the end of the day last season. I know that they don't really live up to their the money of their contracts anymore in real life, but and I know there's a lot of youth movement in Dallas, and you know I know they sent Stankoven down. I would expect to see him at some point this season, but Wyatt Johnston and then the top line trio. Like I said, this is not the Sagan and Ben 
guys leading the team offensively anymore, but are they serviceable players to be had late in your draft or picked up off the waiver wire and they could finish around the top, you know, 120 overall players? Absolutely. Especially Jamie Ben. He was like with his category coverage last year, I believe he was, if not top 50, top 75 overall player in standard leagues. Pete, as always, man, good to catch up with you. Uh, Enjoy the season. We appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Yeah, appreciate you having me. And uh, for anybody wondering, my Stanley Cup pick is actually Edmonton over Carolina. So everybody's we'll see loving if the hurricanes. Oilers can finally live up to this thing, right? Yeah, well, the Thanks Oilers are good. Uh, to me, the Hurricanes, if they get Patrick Kane, then they're on to something. But they, to me, yeah. they still lack come playoff time, that dynamo offensive guy. No, it's true. And you already see it, right? Svechnikov is banged up still to start the season. That's a worry. That's why I didn't pick them to win the whole thing is because I still feel like whether it's at the deadline or a healthy Svech or maybe a Kane, like you said, like there's still some a little something missing there. But with Edmonton, like the thing that makes me most confident in addition to having two viable goalie option is like having hopefully a healthy Matias Ekholm for the whole season, like had they gotten over the hump against Vegas last year, they probably would have gone really far, maybe won the whole thing. And then, of course, uh, they were nearly unbeatable tail end of the regular season after they got at home. So that's the wrinkle that I really like this season for them. Yeah, well, the orders are good on paper. There's no question about it. And uh, I expect, uh, hey, Jay Woodcroft, uh, since he's been hired, second most wins in the NHL, second most points behind only Boston, who had a record-breaking year. Quickly, Pete, what do you think about Boston? Um, they could lose 35 points and still be a 100-point team. What's what's your prediction and how many points they have less this year than last? It's tough because I like team like Buffalo, let's say a little bit more than them. When I step back and look at it, like I'm just not seeing the center depth for the for the Boston Bruins after those departures of Bergeron and Krejci. That said, they still have a lot of grizzled veterans and you know, some nice young talent that Potra kid gives them a new wrinkle potentially um, if he sticks in the NHL and he is a centerman. So we'll see. I think the Bruins are have a lot of revenge on their mind after what happened last year. But the bottom line is like in our projections, which are fairly conservative, they weren't super bold. We had Boston minus 16 wins, which is by far the biggest dip of any yep. team in the NHL. I don't think we had anybody even dipping by 10, you know, after them. So uh, that says a lot about what they lost. And I feel like they're not even going to realize how much they missed Bergeron and Krejci defensively until maybe two weeks into the season. And they could be left scrambling a little bit. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Enjoy the season. Thanks so much. And yeah, check out NHL Fantasy on Ice for season-long DFS and betting coverage all season-long. Appreciate you having me. You betcha. Yeah, fantasy people, it's a place to go. I know Pete uh, will be uh, on with uh, Connor quite often this year talking fantasy NHL. Uh, we'll come back. Your Remchuk will join us. Of course, the uh, the Nation pregame show begins tonight. We'll talk about that, uh, expectations, and the soup is getting the start. It's the Wednesday season opening NHL edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live, Oilers Nation YouTube. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This building, oh, by the way, today, who is it Wednesday? It's going to be you. We decided it was season opener. Uh, we wanted to do lots of talk, the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, we will have uh, one guest out of Vancouver, but the rest we're going to open up the phone lines and the text line, 833-401-1440. You can text there or you can call there. I just want to kind of get people's thoughts. How excited are you about this season? 
I have to think there should be more excitement. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would think the average order fan is like, you know what? They got a real good shot. And you know that uh, they're going to make a move at the deadline. Maybe two. Who are they going to add? We'll see. But the roster we see tonight is not the roster we're going to see on March 1st. I'll say that pretty confidently. Let's get to the oil report now brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. You can finance a new, a demo, or a certified pre-owned Volvo for as low as 1.49%. Right now at Canada's best Volvo dealership, VolvoEdmonton.com. That's right. Number one in the country, baby, right here in Edmonton. As we welcome in from uh, Orders Nation and Daily Faceoff, Tyler Uremchuk. Uh, Ty, how you doing, Matt? I am good. It is the uh, first game day, real game day of the year here at the uh, Oilers Nation head offices. So it is buzzing. Now, uh, what time is your first? Now, you have a pregame show this year. When is your inaugural pregame show start? People can watch it if they're watching right now. It'll be on the same uh, Oilers Nation YouTube channel. What time? Seven o'clock with myself and Aaron Bordato. We'll be bringing you right up until puck drop every single game this year. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun and, you know, kind of unlike other pregame shows, we'll have the Oilers Nation twist on it. It won't be really all too serious. We'll come at it from a bit of a different perspective. And Aaron's a pretty colorful character as well. I think people are really going to enjoy it. All right. So uh, that's seven o'clock. Uh, if you're listening on 1440, just uh, go get the YouTube. And if you're watching right now, you'll know the channel because you're already on it. Now, uh, Jack Campbell getting the start tonight. Um, people are, hey, is this a quarterback, a goalie controversy? I don't know if it's a goalie controversy at all. Um, I think uh, Jack Campbell has played very well in the preseason, so I have no problem with him starting tonight. Uh, I still think Stuart Skinner is going to start on Saturday. I think if Skinner doesn't start Saturday, then it would be a surprise to me. Yeah, that I'm 100% on board. We talked about this last week when, you know, Jack Campbell was lights out through his preseason starts. And it was like, hey, I, I thought they should reward him with the opening night start. Easy sell to go to Stuart Skinner and say, I think you deserve to get the home opener. That's a big one, too. Saturday night, Rogers Place is going to be rocking. But I do like giving Jack Campbell the little hat tip and saying, hey, look, you played so well in the preseason. You get rewarded when you play well. We still believe in you. You're not going to be stapled into any sort of backup role. If you play well, you'll get starts. Yeah, and that's how it should be, right? Like um, last year, you know, Jack Campbell was signed. He was the starter. Stuart Skinner was a rookie, and uh, he he performed better. And so he ended up getting more starts. And you know what? If Jack Campbell performs better this year, he'll get more starts. If Stuart Skinner performs better, he'll get more starts. I think that is a very healthy competition to have as long as it doesn't get to the point where the one guy is so much better that now you're up to 55 or so starts. I don't think that's ideal. No, and I don't think that's likely either. Uh, Frank was speaking with Ken Holland on his podcast, frankly speaking, and Holland did say contracts don't matter. Last year doesn't matter. It's a meritocracy. I do think you need to be a little mindful that, you know, even if Stuart Skinner or one of the two guys, I should say, is miles better than the other one, you can't be rolling anyone out there for 50-plus games. That's not what's going to give the Oilers success down the stretch and into the playoffs when it matters the most. This needs to be at most a 45-37 split. I can't believe I did that math correctly on the fly like that. But like that's what I see as the outer marker. One guy can get max 45 starts. It needs to be that close in my opinion. I would agree. I I kind of th- I thought like last year was 48-34. I I think that's probably the high end of where it's going to be barring injury. Obviously if injury occurs, then uh, maybe one guy's going to have to be ridden uh, a little bit more than they would like early on. What's your realistic expectations? McLeod, Fogel, Holloway. Man, I, I just, I love the idea of this trio because it's three guys who move well. The, the thing that'll be a big, the turning point for me, the key to them being effective is going to be their ability to engage physically. Ryan McLeod for a while, Greg's, he, he loves the flybys. He was never a guy who was stopping and finishing his check all that often on defensemen on the forecheck or anything like that. I think Warren Fogel is someone who, at times has seen that side of his game come and go. Although I think for the final six weeks of last season, he was very engaged. Dylan Holloway should be forechecking like a demon. If those three guys are engaged physically and the other team's coaching staff has to look at them as, okay, that's like the soft spot on the Oilers. But the soft spot is three really fast physical wingers who could have decent scoring touch. Like that third line could be a problem. On the other side, if they're not engaged, if Dylan Holloway is looking like the Dylan Holloway we saw in the first couple weeks of the regular season last year and he doesn't take a step forward, then that line could almost be a liability. But I think there's tremendous upside with those three. 
I thought Ryan McLeod took a real big step, and I spoke to him uh, yesterday before they flew out about uh, how he played in the postseason. You know, he just feels, you know what, I want it to be a little bit more aggressive. Like, it's it's not like he's suddenly going to be a clutterbuck and hammering guys all over the ice or anything like that, but he made more of a conscious effort to use his speed and, and finish checks. And he doesn't have to light guys up, but it's just, it's pressure. And the more you pressure guys, the more they turn over the puck. They got size, they got speed. I've really liked Dylan Holloway. Dylan Holloway to me looks like a lot of young players who's just more comfortable kind of their second time around in the NHL. Uh, I expect his minutes to be up to around 13, 14 a night. Maybe the odd time he'll, he'll bust up to 16 plus, uh, depending on how things go. So I'm actually quite excited about that line to see where they go. Um, what about your expectations for Connor Brown? Oh, so at throughout the summer, I kind of set the range for him. I was like, hey, he's got to be somewhere between either Kyler Yamamoto and Zach Hyman, like a light version of Zach Hyman. And I wasn't quite sure. I felt like at some points expectations were maybe getting a little bit too crazy on this guy. And the fan base was just thinking he's automatically going to be Zach Hyman 2.0. I was never that high on him. I also looked at a guy who barely played, has barely played hockey in the last 14, 15 months. And I went, it might take him a while to get back up to speed. But honestly, what I've seen in the preseason has been really, really encouraging. I think he's going to be more towards the side of Zach Hyman light than he is Kyler Yamamoto because I mean, Connor Brown, it's not like he was a 25 plus goal guy really at any point in his career, at least consistently. But watching him in the preseason, seeing the way he kind of finds those soft spots, there was the one chance he got where he just floated perfectly into the slot. And it was like McDavid knew exactly what Brown was thinking. He floated there, pass came in, perfectly timed one-timer. If those two have a connection and if Connor Brown's going to be aggressive on the forecheck and keep up those offensive instincts, I think he can score 26, 27 goals this year. I don't think that's like an insane homer take. Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting number because that's like Pat Maroon numbers, right? And um, Pat Maroon scored a lot of five on five because Connor Brown's not going to pad his stats a lot on the man advantage. She might chip in a few on the penalty kill and, you know, maybe the second unit scores five power play goals this year. We'll see how it goes. But I, the thing that I noticed about Brown, is I think Brown's a better shooter than Yamamoto and Pugliarvi. He's got the ability to finish a little bit more. But the other wild card I'll say about Brown is the health of Evander Kane. Because if Evander Kane is playing more than half the season this year, that's going to open up more space for him automatically. right? Kane's, I, I think Connor McDavid benefits five-on-five five from Kane when it comes to point production. We want to talk goals for against. It's a different conversation. I'm just talking offense right now. And... I, I think that line, like I, Connor McDavid to me looks possessed already in the preseason. You know, he's a goal every game and nice goals that he scored in the preseason. And, you know, you look at some of the assists and, oh, you know, the setups he's made already. Like, I really think Connor McDavid's scoring 160 points, Ty. And if he does that, then Connor Brown's definitely scoring 20. Yeah, like 20 would be the floor in that case. I was actually just about to float you that. My, one of my bold predictions to put on my Frank Cervalli cap is. I think Connor McDavid is going to finish the year at two points a game. I think that's kind of the next great benchmark that he's going to be striving to hit. Last year, he wanted to be a goal scorer, snapped his fingers, became a goal scorer, scored 60 plus. I think being the first guy in well over 20 years to finish a full season at two points per game, I think that's something that's attainable. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's in McDavid's mind and he's going, yep, that that's next on my checklist. Well, there's so many scenarios for him this year. He can get uh, to a thousand points. Uh, this season, if he has 150, which would be the third fastest behind uh, Gretzky Lemieux. Although I guess technically the fourth because Gretzky did it twice. That's how good he was. Ridiculous. 424 games and 433 games from 0.1001 to 2000. <laughs> um, but McDavid would be at, you know, the third fastest to that. And, you know, he's going to be like the seventh youngest to get to 900 points in fewest games. And I just, he, he is a player. Like I've seen a lot of people suggest that, oh, they got to be better off defensively. So they're going to sacrifice offense. Well, the numbers actually don't jive with that tie. If you actually look at the orders in the last 20 games last year, yeah, they reduced their, their goals against. They were eighth, but they were number one and they scored a half a goal more per game. Like better defense. Every coach has told us this for de decades. Best offense is a good defense. So I think Connor McDavid in the preseason, I really noticed, I'm not going to say attention to detail makes it sound like he wasn't paying attention before, but he just looked even more hyper-focused in the defensive end.
And that is also great news. A goal prevented is a goal scored. I know that's kind of a bit of a tired saying and not entirely true because it is way more difficult to score goals in the NHL. But I I was chatting with uh, Luke Gazdick the other day and he talked about kind of similar to what you're talking about now. He's like, the look I'm seeing right now in the eyes of McDavid and Drysaddle, he was like, man, that look wasn't there when I was there. Gazdick was saying that. And he's like, that look wasn't even really there last year. He's like, it really feels like those guys took it personally, that loss to Vegas. It was a long summer for them of sitting around and thinking, what if? And I think that obviously really, really fueled them. So where do you see the orders finishing this season? I think they're winning the West, um, both regular season and playoffs is my prediction. Um, I I think Jack Campbell's going to be much better than what he was last year. And if Jack Campbell jumps up to even a 905 save percentage, like this team had 109 points last year with a goalie who on most nights couldn't keep them in the first period or on some nights couldn't keep them in the first period. Like if Jack Campbell is solid, I think they get 115 points in the regular season and they win the Western conference. That, that's my expectation for the Oilers heading into this season. For fun, Nugent Hopkins point total. I have him at about 76, 76 to 78. I think he's going to see a bit of a drop off. The power play production will still be there, but I'm not putting the expectations of 100 points or even 90 points on Nugent Hopkins. If he gets to 80, I think that's another great season for him. Ty, uh, we'll be watching tonight the inaugural uh, Oilers Nation pregame show, uh, 7 o'clock on Oilers Nation YouTube. And we're going to be doing it live at uh, at Greta downtown as well. So if people want to come, we're giving away 15 sets of tickets to the big outdoor event at the end of October. If you catch my drift there, Jay, um, tickets are still on sale and all the tickets are going to support uh, kids sport as well. So it's happening at Greta tonight. You can get your tickets nationgear.ca. All right. Here you go. That's uh, Tyler Uramchuk from OilersNation.com. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley. And a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.